Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. And I'm really excited. Today we have an awesome guest, Fabienne Fredrickson, sorry. <laughs> um, for um, the past 20 years, Fabienne has been and continues to be a business mentor to tens of thousands of women business owners as the founder of boldheart.com and the Leveraged Business Program. Welcome Fabienne, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm glad to be here with you, Cheryl. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about your background. You have a, a long 20-year uh, background. Yep, I have been a coach for more than 20 years. I, I, after working in corporate for more than eight years and just feeling like it was a soul-sucking existence, <laughs> I took the leap of faith and um, opened up my first coaching practice. And I thought that because I you know, I'd, I'd done marketing, advertising, and sales, like I, I could fill my practice, like this would work. And I could make the 65,000 a year that I had last made when I was selling ad space in corporate. And that was not the case. <laughs> um, dark nights of the soul, credit card companies calling because I was floating my coaching practice on credit cards and I was floating my life on credit cards and I had to figure out what to do yeah. uh, because I, I, I couldn't go back to corporate. I was now unemployable and it was, it, I mean, you know, I couldn't go back. So I had to figure out how to get clients and fill my practice. And what I realized, um, is that there was no one-stop shop for filling your practice, figuring out how to network, make money, go speaking, um, how to charge, how to get um, referrals and just about every aspect. I, I realized I had to go in a bunch of different directions to, to create a client attraction system for myself. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure you, you, know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Long story short, I ended up filling my own practice in eight months from the time when I, I called my dad in the middle of the night. I'm like, ah, this isn't working. I can't go back. And he said, well, just figure out how to get clients. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll do that. But I, but I honestly, it, I, I, I had to, cause it was life or death. And I created a client attraction system for myself 
um, and filled my practice from that moment in, in eight months to full capacity, which at the time was 30, 32 clients. Anything above that with the way that my business model was set up as a coach was, uh, was maxed. And, um, and other people started saying, wait, uh, how, how did you fill your practice so quickly? Yeah. And I lived in Manhattan at the time. And I said, come and have coffee with me. Let's sit down, do this, this, and this. And uh, they would get clients. And then I remember this first woman who said, okay, I don't want you to teach me the coaching that you do with your clients. I want you to teach me how to market my business and how to get clients. And that just, it was like, and then another uh, person and then another person. And I ended up becoming a client attraction business coach and fast forward um, getting to six figures in my business 10 10k a month new set of problems I had no more time no more of me to go around I needed systems I needed processes I needed a team I could trust even just like a part-time person um, I needed to change the way I did business as a coach if I wanted to get past um you know beyond six figures yeah I wanted to get Those my growth pains. what's that growth pains <laughs> yeah growth pains so I ended up creating a system for myself again uh that took me to multiple six figures as a coach and eventually in 2008 um I got to a million in my business awesome uh yeah yeah pretty awesome I mean like honestly I never thought uh, that I you know, I never started a coaching practice thinking I would make more than 100,000. And uh, I've been at uh, multiple seven figures a year for 13 years now. And now I teach women in coaching how to do that. So that's a, like a longer answer to the question that you probably expected. But that's that's kind of like a, a cliff notes of my my journey so far. No, I love it. And um, and I think it's it's beneficial for people to hear that once you reach a certain stage, that it becomes a little complicated. And um, especially when you hit six figures, like you have to start looking at um, outsourcing and putting um, you know, things in place that are gonna help you to be able to coach and not have to do all the things. Cause you know, in the beginning we're, you know, we're the marketers, we're the copywriters, we're the, you know, we're everything in our business. And as you get more clients that becomes more difficult to fill that role and still be able to coach your clients. So uh, I think it's beneficial for, for the coaches that are listening to, to hear that. Yeah. And um, I want to, I want to uh, share something, which mm -hmm. I'm sure that, you know, Cheryl, but, um, and I talk about it in my book uh, um, that's called the leveraged business. It's the, the principle of what, what's going to get you to six figures to eight or 10 K a month consistently is not going to get you to multiple six and seven figures. So there's actually two distinct um, courses of action. If you are just starting your coaching practice or within the first few years, the two things that you have to focus on at the exclusion of almost everything else is marketing and sales. You get really good at, at getting out there and let people know that you exist. And you get, well, I, I coach 99% women um, and, you, you got to get really good at closing the sale 
in a way that doesn't feel sleazy, icky, overly masculine. We don't want to be doing bro marketing and bro sales. We want to do it the, the, the feminine way. And I don't mean pink and frilly. I mean, like who, you know, who we are with yeah. authenticity, integrity, love, or whatever it is that you find what, whatever your values are. And so marketing and sales is the first once you get you know on your way to to 100k a year and then after that you have to totally flip everything on its head and you actually if you want to get to a million in your business or if you want to get to 250 or 500 whatever it is that you want you actually need to work less the methodology that got you to six figures is never ever going to get you to seven figures and that's what i talk about in my book people can use what's in the book to some of the principles to get to six figures, but it's it's everything is turned on its head. You have to have a team, you have to have systems, yeah. different business model, etc. And you have to leverage your time at that. At everything the, we can yeah. work our butts off in the first year, right? We're just going to take on more and more clients, but you can't. I mean, how can you do that? You'd have to like triple or quadruple the number of clients. That's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's yeah. unsustainable. And this is where I've met so many coaches and consultants who come to me when they're at like 125 or 200. And uh, they've said to me, you're my last ditch effort. Or they've said, I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out. This isn't working. I'm working more hours than I would ever agree to work for somebody else. And I'm paying myself less than I would ever agree to be paid for the work that I do. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> So something to something to look forward to as a coach. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it is fun. It's a it's a um, especially these past two years. That's been my my um, situation where I've had to where I've scaled up, and so I've had to put more and more things into place. I had like I started with a part timer a couple of years ago, and you know now I have a full blown team. And you do have to manage that, but if you're leveraging your time, then that management becomes easier too. I think absolutely. Um, so it's interesting. You talk about um, EGAs. So can yeah. you explain to um, those listening what an EGA is, and then, um, you know, how how can that change the, their income in the first year? Yeah. So he, I'm actually going to talk about uh, two things: EGAs and MGAs, and I'll explain the difference um, because it, one is a totally different than the other. So. You, you mentioned leveraging your time, and that's the third activator in, in my book. First, you leverage your team, leverage your systems, leverage your time out of the eight activators. And the, the idea with leveraging your time is to not to really looking at where it's going, who's hijacking it, and how are you using it when you have it? And part of that is when I work with our, our ladies is that they're, they're staying busy, but they're not yeah. working on the right things. Right. And so again, if you're in your first few years of business um, as a coach, you wanna have some time every single week, a large amount of time to focus on the marketing activities that will get you seen. We're looking for omnipresence in your um, ideal prospects, ideal clients' lives. So where are they hanging out? Where can you start adding value, content, showing up? Um, how can you share results in advance 
in your marketing so that people say, whoa, who is she? Where did she come from? And that is not something that you can do in between client appointments. I think that many of us are, we have this idea that marketing is a sleazy, inauthentic thing that you do to people, (laughs) right? Yes. We, we sell as a society, we celebrate those who build a better mousetrap, but not those who market a better mousetrap. And so there's this thing, especially as women, and I know there are lots of coaches who, who are women, we don't want to seem pushy. We don't want to seem inauthentic. And the way that some people market is so icky to us that we just, we don't want to be the marketer. So we push the marketing on the back burner. And we do it because we have to, but I've had people come up to me at my events and say, I hate marketing. And, and I'll say, just give me a little time and I will show you that you can love marketing. So before I get to EGAs, I want to talk about MGAs and those are uh, money generating activities. MGA days is where you take a day a week ideally four hours a day in the beginning. If you, if you have more time than clients, then you should be spending at least four hours a day actively marketing your business, doing the things that will get you in front of the right clients and generate what we call GACs, get acquainted calls or discovery calls. I don't really like calling them sales calls. It's more like, hey, let's, I want to find out about you. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do that is to change our perception or our our identity around being a marketer Uh, from annoying person who's not authentic to who who do I want to be as a marketer and if you are authentic be an authentic marketer if you are funny be funny in your marketing if you are spiritual be spiritual in your marketing if you are generous and compassionate and loving be all of that have that be your marketing identity uh, marketer identity and then become a marketer first especially as a budding coach uh, the the number one thing that you should be doing is getting out there so instead of putting it on the back burner, you want to bring it to be the priority in your day, in your life. And one of the ways to do that is having at least one day. So that's money generating activities when we're focusing on getting out there in a big way, letting people see us providing value, providing results in advance, and then leading people from the, oh, I just found out about you. I'm following you. I'm, I, I know you, I like you, I trust you. I, I'm ready to have a conversation to buy with you. I'm actually going to raise my hand. And then when you're at a certain point in your business, that, that six-figure uh, business owner, business coach, well, any coach really, then it's not about generating more money as much as it is about working on exponential growth activities. So we move from MGAs, money-generating activities, to EGAs, exponential growth activities. And those are the, the, the levers, the heavy lifting things that you begin to do in your business that has you grow two times, five times, 10 times. The, the problem with EGAs is that um, they're not about the immediate cash in your business. And so people just put those off, yeah. right? They're like, oh no, I 
tight situation. There's a fire. I got to put it out. Yeah. And um, and when we don't focus on those exponential growth things. And so this is about carving out time, even saying no to clients, take a short step back so you can create these exponential uh, levers to grow your business to multiple six, eventually seven figures. Um, and it, it requires setting boundaries. It requires doing less better. It requires saying no. Um, but if you can make that happen at least once a week, you will be among the people who will grow so much more quickly than all those who are kind of pushing it to the back burner also and doing it in between client appointments. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. So what, can you give an example of what, um, what that would look like for the EGA? Yeah. So in one EGA activity would be to, uh, document all of the processes in your business. We're not wired for it. I hate it. It's not making me money. Don't you know that I have other things to do than document everything, right? But here's the thing. If you go back to the first activator in the eight activators to a leveraged business, you want to leverage your team. But you can't leverage a team fully. You can't step out of the day-to-day -day operations of your business if you are if you don't have things documented for and and everyone on your team following it to to a t so not only do you need to be clear about how we do things around here uh we need to have the systems document the systems create the checklists and yes you can have your team do it for you but you need to be the initiator of that and it does take time and it's <laughs> small um small term pain for long term gain because once you have these documented processes the 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 team when you've hired the right team members wired perfectly for each positional role a, a position or role this is what we teach is like what assessments to use etc then the team within three each team member within three or four months not only does it without you needing to be there micromanaging them and they pay for themselves because they allow you to then go work on your genius activities and more exponential growth activities. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, for somebody just getting started to do those kind of activities, you can do like a simple checklist um, and then you can expand on it as you as you grow as well. Um, I started with checklists that I created. And then from those checklists, I was able to have a team member um, a couple of years later <laughs> um, to be able to actually write out full processes. And of course, I had to be involved with, with that every step, but it took a lot off me to have those checklists first so that really? it kind of had a good idea of what, what was going where. And we just had to refine it as we built out the whole process. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad to see that I'm going in the right direction. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, the other thing that you talk about is mindset first methodology. What's that about? Okay. So I'm really, um, after working with so many business owners, um, I am so clear that we don't have a lack of knowledge. Okay. You can Google everything. You can, you can read my book. You can read everybody's books. It's not about 
knowledge. It's sure the exactly how to is often missing from from many people's stuff. It's it's a lack of implementation. It's a lack of full execution. And the reason that happens is I can tell you right now how to how to do all the things to get to a million in your business. But there will be resistance. Mm -hmm. There will be resistance to changing your business model. There will be resistance to um, perhaps fully letting go of the controls. There will be resistance to how to use your time like a seven-figure business owner. There will be resistance to um, creating accountability in your business and having everybody grow the business for you. There's a, a thousand things that the person will have resistance on. Why? Because identity drives behavior. Your self-identity, your beliefs, how you see yourself, if you are a six-figure business owner, you have a six-figure identity. If you have a five-figure business, you have a five-figure identity. And so identity is a collection of beliefs, uh, self-perception, deserving, and worthiness. And when you work on that, which is the mindset, yeah. then you remove the resistance to the action. So everything we teach in the Bold Heart Business Program is... First, we work on the mindset of leveraging your team by only hiring rock stars and stop, you know, cheapening and cheapening. Is that a word? Cheapening out, cheapening. being cheap, mm -hmm. you know, stop drive by delegating and throwing the hot potato, um, all of these things. When we change the mindset, the actions are easy to take. There's no more resistance. If you give somebody the strategy first, she's not going to implement it not as quickly as when you help her. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, um, the beliefs that we created in childhood, the experiences, the, the things that were taught to us, the things that are modeled, the, the socially accepted things, especially for women who, where we, we, are, um, we are bred to be people pleasers and to be the nice girl uh, and that, um, um, to be successful, you have to be a B-I-T-C-H um, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and all of that. But when, when those things are no longer your identity, your, in your belief system, um, you go and boldly take action. And in a very short amount of time, year after year, you can grow your business 40, 50, 60%, where other people are just growing it, you know, 5% at a time if that. So that's the mindset first methodology. There is nothing we do at Boldheart that starts with the strategy instead of the mindset. Mindset first, then strategy. And that's how women apply so much more, implement so much more than they have prior. Yeah, I love that too. Um, and I think, like you said, we're, we're kind of raised to please other people, to make things good for other people. And, um, and also that we're not strong and we're not, and this is just, I mean, this is a general statement, but it is a, it's a pretty true general statement. Um, you know, I, I see, uh, especially nowadays, the, the really young coaches coming up, I see that how they were raised, which is totally different. They were empowered, you know, right from the beginning. Yeah. And they're the ones coming out the gate saying, I want to be an entrepreneur now. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to corporate for, you know, 
15, 20 years. And I was in corporate for over 25 years myself. So I know that like, that was my path, get a really good job, get your college degree, get a really better job Mm -hmm. (laughs) and keep getting promoted. Right. And doing your best at your job. So I understand that completely. And I love that. There's a, there's a thing that isn't spoken about, um, Cheryl, it's this, especially in business, there's this general sense of um, never matching up mm. when you're a woman, never being good enough, this feeling of low level inadequacy, where if we're going to be really honest with yourself, uh, with ourselves, we have been shushed, we have been told not to get too big for our britches. Who does she think she is anyway? Isn't don't you have enough? Why do you want more? Are you going to leave us? Are you going to leave? Are you, are, are, why do you have to grow? It's that whole, um, you know, the crabs in the bucket analogy where, where one, like one cra- crab in the bucket is starting to climb and all the other crabs bring, bring oh, her yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't lose too much weight. Then, you know, you, you, you won't be like us. And what are you trying to abandon us? And, and what are you too good for us? This whole a socializing of women where it's not spoken of, but when, so when you talk to a a guy, uh, he will be like, yeah, I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in all the mastermind groups with all the people that, you know, in the coaching world, I've probably been in a mastermind with them. I, I, I see how they're wired differently based on how they're socialized. They're like, all right, let's go. I'm going to do it. We go into self-doubt. Mm-hmm. We talk ourselves out of stuff. We, there's this, who am I to? Who am I to do this? Who am I to have this? And, um, and, and there's another thing that I will say around how um, women are socialized differently is that we actually do better in community. Mm-hmm. I just did a post about this not too long ago, is that women rise when they're with other women who champion them. Women like to talk things out. I'm generalizing, of course. Women yeah. like to talk things out, whereby other people would be like, could you just stop talking and take action? We actually need to talk it through. We need to be uh I'll I'll flip it the other way. In isolation, there is self-doubt. And Mm -hmm. so you want to see a a woman become very successful. Not only does she need mentorship, she needs mindset, she needs mentorship, but she needs a community of all other kick-ass women on the journey. And it's not a competition thing the way it is for for the guys. It's a Mm -hmm. collaboration like, here, use this. It worked for me tell me how it goes. Or I see that you're having a bad day. You're struggling. Let's jump, let's jump on a zoom together uh, for a few minutes and let me help you out. I knew you could do it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Congratulations. Thank you. You're inspiring me and, and showing me that I can, I can go a little further. That's what women who are in, not in competition do for each other. And, and that's not been celebrated in business. We don't, we, business is, has been seen as a competitive thing as opposed to a deeply loving thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's so much truth in that. And it's, 
And I see that. I see that people are acknowledging that now, right? I see that if you look at a, if you look at Facebook groups, just as an example, um, you can see that the the Facebook groups that are concentrating on empowering their women members and creating that community and that sisterhood, the whole group does better, right? Because you are in the midst of being encouraged and um, people helping and people acknowledging. And I think that that's, that's something that uh, the women listening in can, can kind of look at doing, right? Is becoming a part of a community or creating a community um, where you are supportive and empowering each other. And then, you know, not to, not to um, um, ignore the guys, but. <laughs> yeah, the guys, there, there's, there's plenty of stuff for the guys right. <laughs> already out there. Here's what I want to, I want to invite uh, the ladies who are listening to this. Okay, let me tell you the backstory first. I, uh, when I lived in the US, I live in Paris now, we've been living here for five years, but when I lived in the US, I, I flew in a team from California, California who does documentaries. And I flew them in for, for a week to be with uh, me and my clients when we were getting together in person. Obviously, <clears throat> most people have changed their business model as I have. We do everything virtually now. But I flew them in and they said, what do you want us to, to do a, a mini documentary about? I said, can you just, I mean, I'm a marketer. I couldn't figure out how to talk about the magic that happens at Bold Heart. So I'm like, can you just film? Can you interview people? Film me at the front of the room, film people, just like, tell me what's the magic sauce here. And she puts the thing together. She sends me the nine minute documentary. And I'm like, I can't use this. She goes, why? I'm like, cause people don't buy community. You just made an entire movie about the power of the Bold Heart community. Not the entire movie, because there's some strategy in there too. And she goes, Fabienne, that's your, that's your fairy dust. That's your magic sauce. Yes, you've got the methodology, that, all of that. But these women, you put them in a room with, or, or in a program with, hundreds of other women who believe in them, who believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And these women are unstoppable. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I put that documentary up on my website and people, people say that it's incredibly inspiring. They joined just for that. If, if, if anybody wants to see it, boldheart.com, you can go, I think it's on the programs page. You can go and watch it. And if you have in your own coaching business, see if you can create community. If you are somebody who is really, you know, yes, to one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's great. I started off in a one-on-one -on -one coaching thing, um, but create community if at all possible, because your clients will do better, especially if you create a, a, a what do you call that, a culture of sharing extreme generosity, the culture of putting down your facade and what we call level three conversation. Level one is, how are you? I, mean, I call that like yacht club, you know, how are you? Good, how are you? Nice to see you. And then, and then level two is what where most of our friends are. It's like, oh, you know, how are the kids? Good, how's your husband? Oh, good, how's business? Great. 
but you know, it's never always great. There's always right. something that's not working. Level three is where you can sit next to a woman or talk to her on a Zoom. And, and because you are part of a, a culture um, that has a, like a, a very strong culture of inclusiveness and, and sacred conversations, you, I call it the go there share. If you said to me, Cheryl, how are you, Fabian? And we were in this sacred community, I would say, well, since you're asking, Cheryl, here's how I'm really doing. And this is where you can share the high highs, the top 5% that no one will ever share, and the low lows, the bottom 5% that most people will never share in business and personal, and especially as women, they bleed into each other. We can't, we don't yeah. come that is a secret sauce for coaches if you apply this to your to your clientele you will grow awesome i love that thank you so much for talking about that and bringing it to us today um and we're actually kind of winding down um you have a uh, well first of all tell us about your book real quick uh the book is called the leveraged business it's the yellow book uh, the leveraged business, how you can go from overwhelmed at six figures to seven figures with your life back. You can find it on Amazon. You can also find it's really the eight leverage activators that will grow your coaching business to 20K, 50K, 100K a month or more without sacrificing your life. You can also find it on the leveraged business book.com. I'll say it one more time. The <laughs> theleveragedbusinessbook.com and there's extra goodies on that page all right awesome and we'll of course have those links in the show notes um and it looks like they can get a physical copy free if they just pay the shipping for 295 so that's awesome that's as right. well all right well thank you so much um fabian what would be one kind of final tip that you would give a new coach I think it would be, uh, other than focus on marketing and sales at the exclusion of everything else, I would say a strong focus now creates a different future later. Just yeah. tell everybody it's not because you're self-employed that you're unemployed. Take your business more seriously than when you were in corporate or whatever you were doing before, because it matters. Strong focus now creates a different future later. Love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. and. Guys, I hope you got a lot out of this. I hope you're taking notes and um, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.